0: Well, let's go ahead. You only want me to count down from probably from three rather than 20, since we're on a
1: ton of clock here. Good point. Three, two, one. Well, hello and welcome to uh, yet another episode of IP Frequently. Uh, I'm here, as I always am, with my very close friend and business partner, Mr. David Pridham. We're both punching our way through the needlessly continuing coronavirus pandemic. David, how are you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing well, Brad. How are you? How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. It's a gorgeous day here. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to be back on board with you here at at what is unquestionably the country, perhaps the world's finest IP related podcast. And and as you and I love to do, I think we should open it up with a, a classic 80s rock tune. And despite the fact that we have continuing riots, murders in the streets, Uh, some form of pandemic, schools starting, not starting, uh, a very heated political campaign, the Speaker of the House flaunting all rules and getting her hair done. Let me tell you something, my friend, you can still rock in America. And that's what Night Ranger taught us way back in 1983. So let's see what they have to say. Well, there you have it. What did you think, my friend? Did
0: it take you back? It takes me back. I, I, I still think their best song is uh, Sister Christian, though.
1: Yeah, that's hard to argue. This one is uh, probably not to that level. Although, here's a little happy fact for you, bud, But I think even you might not know, despite all of our years together, is that way back in 1981, when I was a mere wisp of a junior high lad, I got a guitar lesson from Brad Gillis. Who is the guitarist for Night Ranger and gets writing credit for "You Can Still Rock in America"? Really, he uh, well, was a good close friend. He hadn't, he wasn't famous yet. Night Ranger wasn't famous. He was a good close friend of my guitar teacher, and uh, my guitar teacher went on vacation. Brad Gillis was kind enough to step in and teach a no talent like myself, and uh, I still appreciate it.
0: Well, that's great. That's a that's a good story. I, I never knew you played the guitar, although. Um I, I have heard rumors of uh sitting around the campfire where you're just strumming the old strings.
1: Uh you know, on occasion probably... I will break it out. I don't uh I don't something you know, honestly play the guitar. Well I again there's euphemisms available there for you. But yeah. I I to call myself a guitarist would be uh, as you like to say, a stretch.
0: Anyway, Brad, we are uh happy to be here. IP frequently uh, brought to you by the uh, fine folks at uh, DARPA who bring you uh, Ipedia. Ipedia, the automation of innovation. You can put any seven random numbers into Ipedia and they'll rank them in order numeric and otherwise. So that's uh, something to look out for. And they also have a new uh, color by numbers feature which will be coming out in the fall. So all exciting stuff to uh, to, to look out for with uh, Ipedia, the automation of uh, innovation. When do you start heating that uh, that driveway of yours? Have you already started just to set things straight or lay things right or lay things
1: Well, straight? no, you don't, you don't really heat it so much as the, when the snow falls, then uh, you just pump glycol through the uh, there's little tubes under the driveway and melts the snow. It's fantastic. It's very common uh, up here in the deep snow part of the world. Speaking of driveways, how are the lights coming on yours?
0: Uh, again, I can't because of court uh, uh, involvement and because of advice of counsel, I can't get into that at this point. Much like you and Big Red.
1: <laughs> well, that's a, yeah. I uh, my hope for you, my friend, is that there is no injunction involved in that, um, and I look forward to seeing them later on uh, this month, as I have not uh, not yet seen their them in their installed state.
0: Well, you know, you may not see those lights depending on how the whole court thing goes. Again, I can't comment though at this point. Well, Brad, what in, in terms of the fall, what do you have planned? Uh, any hay rides?
1: Uh, no hay rides uh, per se. Um, kind of difficult to do up here, but I think you know it won't be long until uh, there'll be a Christmas to the air. The leaves will change. That's a big time of year here. There'll be any number of leaf peepers that come from around the world to see the leaves change, and so uh, it'll be a little crowded here during that period of time. But uh, it'll be beautiful. So we're looking forward to that. You are uh, staying in the great northeast uh, for this fall, which is not common. So are you looking forward to that? It's going to be a little bit of a change of pace.
0: Well, you know, I'll tell you this. I'm excited. Unfortunately, most of the things I like to do in the fall have been barred or hay rides, uh, bobbing for apples, the whole pilgrim thing, all of which have been struck from the uh, activity log for this fall. Um, but yeah. you can still wander in the uh, dunes on the Cape. And I plan to do that. I plan to do that very thing.
1: Yeah, good for you. I mean, that's a that's a long and heralded tradition here in the United States. I mean, the the pilgrims wandered through those very dunes on their way to try to find something to eat, and I imagine that uh, you'll do much the same thing. Yeah, I mean, mean, it's really nobody's business.
0: It's really nobody's business what I do with the dunes in the camp.
1: Well, I mean, that's also a position you could take depending on what position you're in, I guess. Uh, well, I, I,
0: you could certainly put it that way if you want to be aggressive. That's sort of a microaggression, wouldn't you say, that you're showing right uh, now? You know what? And I'll tell you I, what, you know who You know who used to do a lot in terms of microaggressions and socialist privilege was one
1: Eugene V. Debs. Uh, yeah, again, that's not a, a name mm. that's familiar to me, and I don't mm. get the microaggressions. I mean, isn't that sort of an oxymoron? What is a microaggression?
0: I got you. I know exactly what you're saying and and what you're doing there by denying the existence of microaggressions is, in fact, another microaggression. And the fact that you don't know who Eugene V. Debs is or actually you air quotes don't know um, shows everything that um, we've been saying for years about about the capitalists in this society you're a capitalist. I'm just saying in general, there are a lot of problems that people have with men like uh, Eugene V. Debs.
1: Okay. I will take your word on that. And if Mm I double microaggressed at some point, does that get to a macroaggression or does that, that's not how it works?
0: They actually cancel out.
1: They cancel each other out if
0: you have two microaggressions.
1: Okay. Well, that's, I mean, see, these are all important things to learn in, in today's America that our forefathers didn't know, apparently didn't need to know, were able to Found what is arguably the finest country there's ever been on this planet without knowing them, but these are the things we need to know today, Michael.
0: Well, that's not what um, uh, Eugene V. Debs would say, but I'll, I'll we'll move on. Although he was a fine, uh, he ran for president a number of times.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> if you've run for and obviously never was, so if you've run for president a number of times and never quite you know tipped the scales in your favor, that says something about you i mean potentially positive that you're a you know you have a a good stick-to-itiveness characteristic it may also mean that maybe that wasn't the uh, gig for you probably not probably not it was a a very uh, clean-cut version of
0: Ralph Nader about 100 years oh. for, uh maybe. how many times but did Ralph anyway, Nader
1: run for president i uh,
0: i digress Just once? um uh there were a number of a number of times but anyway i i digress we're here in the fall I hear there is a we have a presidential election, which we'll be talking about a lot in the coming weeks. There is a uh, a rumor, my friend, that we will be live um, blogging or podcasting or pod blogging the initial presidential debate. Do you care to uh, confirm or, or deny that rumor at this point? When is it? It's good that you come prepared to these uh, podcasts. No, well, I mean, dads, I, you know, it, does, does it does.
1: Well, I mean, these are all things that are outside of my normal you know, wheelhouse, if you were. I, I would love to live blog or blog cast or pod blog or whatever, whatever it is that we Next do with, with you during that debate. I mean, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be together. I'll make it a little more complex, um, but we can do it. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. see. And then for, for those
0: of you who are <clears throat> listening in to get our picks on the all-time uh, fantasy draft, um, I've just got this in from the commissioner uh, of his gold team. Um, Mr. L. Bradley Sheaf, with the one thousand one hundred and twenty-third pick, uh, the Gold Team uh, selects uh, Chuck Muncy. So there are rumors of a COVID vaccine coming in the fall and October surprise. Um, not since the headless horseman has there been uh, such angst uh, about uh, about such things. Um, what do you What do you think? Yes or no? Will there be a vaccine in time for the? presidential election? Will it impact in any way our plans here on IP frequently? And if so, by how much?
1: Well, I mean, that's a, you know, as I'm sure you're aware, that's one of the reasons why uh, Chuck Muncie was taken off the board. Chuck Vaccine Muncie was well known to have been vaccinated for everything possible, which is why he had such the success that he did. Um, during his long run in the NFL. And and in keeping with that spirit, the spirit that makes America great, I think uh, a vaccine would be fine. I'm not sure that it's going to work. I mean, we've had flu vaccines around for years and years. And, uh, you know, that's just a guess on the part of these same public health officials that are currently guessing today. So we'll see if it allows everybody to go back, you know, the kids to go back to school and actually get an education, people to go back to work and be able to support their families. If it causes all of this jackassery around the country to settle down, I'm for it. Vaccine away, my friend. Vaccine away.
0: Well, there you go. There you go. And that's probably one of the reasons you picked Chuck Muncie because he's dead and he's really unable to be. He doesn't require a vaccine at this point. Brad, it's time for an exciting uh, new feature that has been uh the talk of the IP world the past couple of weeks on this, the uh, number one uh, uh, IP-related podcast, uh, IP Frequently, uh, that is This Week in Licensing. And this is where Brad navigates you through the pitfalls that most people um, experience when they're negotiating multi-million dollar uh, license deals uh, for patents and other various sundry items. So we've talked about foundational issues in the past. This week, we've got a question uh, coming to us from Tolayatsu. Tolayatsu, and the address is only Far East. Not sure what that means. Uh, Mr. Sheaf, when uh, conducting these, uh, multi-million dollar licensing negotiations, do you prefer to have clear protective coating, uh, in the form of some plastic around your finalized license agreements? Uh, sincerely yours, Tolayatsu. Uh, Brad, what would you tell Tola? Yes. Well, I,
1: I mean, you know, David, you and I have been in this game a while. We have some established practices for licensing, many of them what, what people would consider to be old school, and and that works. And, uh, you know, so I prefer to to stay in that old school arena with protections of license agreements. I drop them in a manila folder. Uh, for their protection, just the old school Manila folder uh, that has been around forever, with the three little areas at the bottom where you can potentially crease it at different widths. Uh, I like that. That allows me to take a very slim license and protect it, as well as a a more hefty license. Uh, plus, I think it uh, it avoids people, you know, sort of license shaming. You know, if your license is too thin or perhaps a little bit uh, husky. Um, It's all protected by the same folder. Nobody's feelings get hurt. And, uh, you know, that's that's where the way we try to do things. So I I, I can see using plastic, especially a clear plastic. It allows you to see exactly what license you're currently carrying. Uh, But I think for the reasons I've elucidated, you want to go manila folder there. And you can always, of course, write the name of the license or the parties to the license on the little tab that so handily comes along with the Manila folder.
0: See, that's that's brilliant. And then you also, you prevent using the Manila folder, anyone else seeing your license agreement. If it's a clear plastic coating. They can see the license agreement. They can see, uh, as we talked about previously, the effective date, the font, the effective date, any of that stuff they can see, as opposed to the Manila folder,
1: um, they can't see any of that. Is that true? That That is true. And that's an excellent point that you raise, And uh, one that I'm sure you would tell people arose from experience. And just so knowing sort of where the uh, bones are buried and pitfalls lie here in the licensing arena.
0: Good point. Well, Tola, um, uh, thank you for your question. And um, because we use your question on air, you are now in the uh, in the uh, sweepstakes for a an all expense paid trip for two, you and and any person of your choosing to spend a week at the sheaf mansion in the berkshires so uh we'll continue to monitor that and as the drawing nears uh on thanksgiving weekend we will um continue to keep people informed about travel related restrictions and also equestrian restrictions as they come up through court proceedings. Uh, next, Brad, is the uh, award-winning uh, feature, Barred or Banned. Barred or banned is where we uh, take you through uh, hot-button issues in IP and otherwise uh, and tell you, in our uh, layman's terms, whether or not that item should be barred or banned. And the distinction between the two is something we try to get to as well. This week, uh, barred or banned, uh, we've seen a lot of folks... Who are out trying to enjoy a, a warm meal of food, um, being accosted by rioters? Uh, so the question has come up: whether or not dining al fresco during a riot should be barred or banned. Brad, what say you?
1: Well, no, I I, I don't think it should. I mean, I think that uh, you know that that sort of uh, discourse, I guess you could call it, um, is American in its nature. Now, But what I do think should happen is that, uh, you know, I mean, I part of the problem that we've gotten to in this day and age in America is that people love to, you know, sort of flaunt their First Amendment rights. You and I are both huge fans of the First Amendment. I think you should be able to say whatever it is you want to say and what's on your mind. But I also think uh, that if someone stands up and dots your eye because of what you've said, uh, potentially because you've intruded upon their meal, or you are hurling expletives at their at their spouse or their children. That if you quite frankly get smacked across the face, you're just going to have to live with that, right? I mean, that is the cost of uh, frankly being an a hole. And so I think what is unfortunate is that you've got folks who want to be able to mouth off in whatever way they please, but but they you know don't ever want that shoe to be on the other foot and then shoved squarely up there, uh, Candy you know, ass. six o'clock. So that's how I feel about it, buddy. So I think it should continue. I don't think there should be any banning or barring, but I think that, uh, you know, fair should be fair.
0: Well, Brad, I think that's a great, uh, great way to put it. And we'll wait and see if, um, you and I in a few weeks actually dine al fresco under the Tuscan moon or otherwise. Uh, that
1: would be, uh, Outstanding. We'd like to invite any of our, you know, in-person listeners, our regular in-person listeners to join us for that. Um, Entertaining may be not the best word for it, uh, but uh, certainly I think there will be some entertainment.
0: Some entertainment, certainly Tolayatsu. You're certainly invited to come. Uh, Eugene V. Debs uh, would also be welcome. Uh, Brad, we're next going to move on to the invention of the week. I know we're sort of under a time crunch here because you've got to go down the mountain, so to speak. And that literally means down the mountain. I'm not trying to use that as code for anything else. Uh, The invention of the week, uh, as voted on by our live studio audience, who is all remote these days because of the COVID uh, and and all socially distancing as well. But the invention of the week uh, that was chosen uh, through what we call the technology portal that's provided by hmm. Ipedia. Ipedia, the automation of innovation and other things.
1: Uh, the invention of the week is the pumpkin. The pumpkin. Brad, what say you? Well, I mean, look, you can't have Halloween without pumpkins. I and mean, I think we can all agree with that. I've, I've often wondered what motivated an inventor in the general direction of the pumpkin. It's not something that, you know, just immediately pops to mind when you think I need, uh, you know, a decoration for a holiday I, I think most folks would not go large orange gourd in that instance, but I think that's you know that's why it's an invention right I mean that's the flash of genius that we talk about when someone says sure no one would go large orange gourd but if they did imagine the potential and so uh, I know you're a fan I know you're a fan of of most things Halloween and certainly of pumpkins.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to confuse folks. I know there are probably a lot of folks out there in our socially distanced uh, live studio audience that are scratching their heads saying, is this the uh, Halloween spectacular episode of uh, of, uh, of uh, IP Frequently? But it's not. Um, we are just responding to questions that you, the audience, have sent us and, and your vote on the invention of the week. So obviously we will be doing the uh, Halloween extravaganza. We'll be doing the turkey trot the Thanksgiving extravaganza, um, the uh, the Christmas celebration, the New Year's celebration, um, and the feast of the uh, of the of the of the full the full moon in early December, which is probably a different podcast. But again, um all the same, uh we are not uh we are we are still gonna do those even during this time of global pandemic and, and strife. Uh well Brad, it's time to move on to our uh, final um segment of the night or afternoon or morning, uh, wherever you are. There's some of us uh, who are uh, in the middle of their afternoon. Others who in the uh, Far East, like Toloyatsu, are staring up at a, a very dark, uh, dreary sky. Others probably staring out of prison bars, but that's a different uh, podcast altogether. Uh, but everyone always waits for Time Machine. Time Machine is where we uh, send Brad back in time with one item of uh, of uh, um, technology or otherwise. Um, uh, without a stitch of clothing on his body um, to see how he would handle a hairy situation. No pun intended. In the past, Brad's gone back to such uh, uh, important linchpin events in our society as the JFK assassination, beginning of the uh, bubonic plague, uh, Zachary Taylor's uh, murder at the white house uh, and uh, uh, various um uh, Times around the uh, Vietnam War. Uh, this week, Brad, uh, we have got our submission. Our submission is in. Uh, this, too, is from Tola Yatsu in the Far East. Tola's been busy this week. He says, sure. Why don't we send Brad back Terminator style? I'm not sure what that means. To one week ago when Nancy Pelosi had her a haircut in a San Francisco hair salon, and we'll give Brad a curling iron and a large uh, one liter of Zima. Um, And again, I I will just correct Tola. That was not necessarily a haircut. It was more of a blowout. Uh, But we will still uh, follow through. And and to answer your next question, uh, that does not mean you get to double dip and be entered twice into the uh, contest to see who gets to go to the Chiefs mansion or the Berkshires uh, for the holidays. Uh, You'll still only be entered once. It just means you stuffed the ballot box. But uh, anyway, Brad, uh, putting aside the source, uh, you are sent back in time to Nancy Pelosi's blowout. You've got a, um, you're obviously um, Terminator style. Uh, you've got a uh, scalding heart, hot curling iron, and a, a liter of Zima. What do you what do you do with that, my friend?
1: What do you do? That's an excellent question. And so I, I think, you know, first and foremost, you establish with the, uh, the speaker, Miss Pelosi, that um, you know she is in fact in gross violation of any number of imposed health codes there in her hometown, and uh, you establish in fact that you know this is not because she's been somehow lured in there by a ruse on the part of the salon owner. You get those things established, and about the time that you have that established, uh, that's going to be it for this for this uh, episode. And this is once. You know, she sees the sort of uh, shape and form factor of the curling iron. She is, of course, going to be excited by that. That's not something she uh, is generally accustomed to receiving. She's going to snatch that from my hand. Uh, Of course, a full liter of Zima is the uh, official drink of women in that particular age category. And so I I think I'm just going to be standing there, uh, you know, Terminator style. Uh, with nothing in my hands, shortly after establishing what's actually going on here, and at that point, buddy, I'm going to want to get the hell out of there. That, that's not a uh, that's not a situation you want to you know sort of you know just hang around in, especially uh, if you're going Terminator style. Do you stay and get a
0: blowout of your own?
1: <laughs> There's a lot of ways you could potentially interpret that, but the answer to all of those ways is no, no, you you don't. You run. Uh, from that location as fast as your little bare feet can carry you.
0: So you say you're going to take your bare ass body out into the streets of San Francisco, bare ass naked and just start running
1: around as opposed to being trapped in an enclosed space with Nancy Pelosi. Yes. Without a
0: mask. Correct. Correct.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And there you have it. And there you have it. I, I Once again, uh, the whole tactical mindset pays dividends and, and bears fruit or bears dividends and pays fruit. I'm not sure which you it know. is. Well, Brad, I, it, it seems like we've reached uh, once again, a uh, uh, an end to another episode of IP frequently. I do want to say thank you to all of the folks who participated in this, uh, in this episode, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Muncie, Eugene V. Debs, big red. Uh, and again, all of our guests uh, are going to be getting a super supersized, uh, game show style box of uh, ricecerroni the san Francisco treat uh, except mm. for except for big red'll be getting a basket of apples just not from brad again because of that court order let's be
1: clear um, well good there you have it another uh, fine episode of IP frequently we do appreciate all of our guests living and dead and we look forward to catching you next time uh, here on IP frequently